Hi everybody and welcome to The Sweet Spot on a Farm episode 22. It's December and we're facing Christmas time and that probably means for a lot of you a lot of cooking and baking and that also means for a lot of you eating a lot of undesirable sugar. And that's when my next guest comes in and she's going to save you from all this unhealthy <laughs> sugar because my next guest is somebody who brings you stevia the natural sweetener in liquid form it's the founder of modern nature vanessa rollins hi vanessa <laughs> hi. they call you bessie don't they yes most people call me bessie so i've kind of started using my name bessie more at work now um i do prefer it so and it's a bit more um i think it's a bit more friendly than vanessa so yes i'm bessie i'm the founder of modern nature and we specialize in stevia, or stevia, as you say. Yeah. So the Americans typically say stevia, and but I, I think I think um, it is. I mean, it is supposed to be stevia, but the Americans have ruined it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they ruined a lot of English words, but you know, <laughs> we won't get into that today. We will not get into that. <laughs> stevia or stevia, whichever one you want to use. So. Would you be able to tell, for, for those who don't know, mm -hmm. what is stevia and what are the benefits? Stevia is a plant that um, naturally, well, it originates from South America, in particular Paraguay. Um, and it's a plant that has been um, used by the indigenous people of Paraguay for over 1500 years. And I was actually uh, watching an interview with a stevia specialist that was saying it could have been consumed by um, humans for much, much longer than that, you know, thousands and thousands of years. So um, it's it's been around for a long time, but it's recently become commercially available as a sweetener. So the stevia plant, the leaves in particular, are, are naturally sweet. And that sweetness can be extracted and used exactly like artificial sweeteners and it can replace a lot of sugar in many different uh, products. Before we start recording the podcast you mentioned something that is quite intriguing mm -hmm. but very important oh, yeah. and that is that stevia is actually probably the only natural among all the sweeteners yeah. substitutes the only one that can be used for those With who IBS. have SIBO and IBS. Yes and that's how I got so into stevia and why I'm so passionate about it is because um, with so out of all the sweeteners artificial and natural so I'm talking um, out of all the artificial ones so the Splendors Candorels etc which are made out of typically aspartamine and um, sucralose which is different from sucrose <laughs> very confusing those two words but sucralose is artificial um, aspartamine and then so they're the two main artificial sweeteners and, and saccharin also um, that you get in in mainstream products and in mainstream sweeteners like Candorel and Splendor, etc. Then, so they, um, more research does need to be done on their effect on, um, on the gut. Um, I actually find that eating artificial sweeteners gives me a stomach ache. So the last time I had um, artificial sweeteners was a while ago at, at a friend's gym opening. They had some sports drinks there that were artificially sweetened and I mean, I had a few sips and I had a stomachache for two days. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's artificial sweetness. Then you've got the natural ones, so xylitol and erythritol, and they are known to have a severe laxative side effect. And I think if anyone who has said sensitive digestive system has eaten them, you will have experienced the effects, um, which is why I don't use 
xylitol and erythritol. And then you've got all the fruit sugars. And again, they, you know, they are not like xylitol and erythritol, they're natural. Um, and fruit sugars are natural, but they do have a negative impact, um, especially if you have IBS. So fruit sugars contain obviously fructose and fructose can agitate um, the digestive system for sure. So that's, you know, date syrup, all, all of those fruit syrups will contain large amounts of fructose. And also, which really annoyingly, a lot of the new light uh, premium drinks. So Fever Tree have recently, um, in supermarkets, most of the drinks that they offer are light and they are completely natural, but they're sweetened with fructose. So I'm kind of annoyed because I'd love to be able to go and get a lighter ginger beer or whatnot as a treat. And I'm like, well, flip that's got fructose in. So yeah. I just get a stomach ache. And that's where Stevia really is set apart and where it really stands alone in the sweetener category and that it is the only one that doesn't agitate your digestive system at all. That is absolutely fantastic. I have been using stevia for years now. Yeah. And I actually didn't know this. Did you not? When did you <laughs> I didn't it? know this. I have been using it because I, for over a decade, I wouldn't be using any sugars and mm. sweeteners. I mm. just learned to live without it. the sweet taste. Mm. I would eat only stuff that was naturally sweet. So like vanilla bean powder, yeah. cinnamon and things yeah. like that. Later, I added things like maca powder. I have to be really careful with that too. But um, then came along Stevia and I started using that and that's like one thing um, It's a real I life changer. Really appreciate. Yeah, cause, so um, I have a blood condition called hemochromatosis and I won't bore everyone with what it is, but in essence, I'm more likely to develop diabetes. And I, when I was, um, I started getting ill from hemochromatosis at 17, which is very, very young. Most people get um, unwell from it, you know, in their 30s. So I started getting unwell at 17, but wasn't diagnosed until I was 22. And in that time, I became pre-diabetic. Oh, wow. So for me, Stevie helped me reverse that, you know, because it doesn't have an effect on your blood sugar levels. Um, and also it's, um, you know, safe to use with IBS, which is an another thing that I have because of my hemochromatosis. So yeah, it was a, it was, it was a real game changer for me because giving up, completely giving up sugar, is it's really hard. And, you know, especially if you're coming from eating a normal, <laughs> I say that very hesitantly because of what is normal, um, a, a modern uh, Western diet, let's yeah. say, um, it's very, very hard. You know, it's very, very hard to go cold turkey. And I think unrealistic in most in most cases because you, you just end up yo-yo, yo-yoing between being very good and then cracking because it's too hard. And that's why I love stevia because you get that sweet satisfaction without the effect on your blood sugar level and it really um, curbs cravings. Yeah, it is, but we talked about it before we hit record and, the, and, I, and I mentioned how I became ill originally and it is hard because in my childhood I just ate, for years I ate rubbish. <laughs> we went from moving from my grandparents' house where I ate everything from butchers and farmers and 
fresh and when possible organic and suddenly we moved to Prague and after the Velvet Revolution you know all the supermarkets opened up with all the western pre-packaged processed foods very convenient the convenience was really big thing because my mom was a single mom and suddenly we found ourselves eating a lot of processed stuff and a lot of sugary stuff and mm -hmm. treats and sweets and chocolate bars and ice creams and pizzas and everything was loaded with sugar and we didn't realize we never read the labels because why would we you know we were used to eating stuff that wasn't packaged yeah and then when i was diagnosed and eventually found my way to natural health and realized my diet needs a complete turn <laughs> it was really hard yeah at the time there was no stevia there wasn't even xylato <laughs> yeah and oh my god that was it was really difficult so it's actually really difficult. having a product like yours yeah. now for people who need to do this yeah it's and that's why the business is called Modern Nature because it's about you know it's about using natural ingredients but in a modern way and we you know we do have to accept we don't live in a cave we don't you know most people aren't able to go back to the way that we used to um, live which is you know unfortunate but we do have to you know using natural things in a modern way is it's really it's, it's only helpful how long ago did you bring out stevia so the company fat was found in 2013 but we didn't it took us ages to get the product ready um so the product was first for sale in 2016 so it's been out for sale but we did kind of a soft launch and then started properly selling in january 2017 so it's been nearly two years since we've been properly on sale so actually in October 2016, when you so kindly came to my book launch, yeah. it wasn't properly... It wasn't really properly available, yet. it wasn't in shops, and we were still kind of learning a lot um, in terms of the production process and how you take a product sample to um, mass market. So we've come a long way since then. <laughs> so for those who don't know, in October 2016, I launched my self-published cookbook called The Sweet Spot with plant-based recipes suitable for celiacs and diabetics. And it, my raw treats feature stevia quite heavily. I, I, for when I make treats for myself, I don't really need to sweeten with stevia, but when I know that somebody else will be eating, eating them, I do put, put it in. At that point, I had been using stevia for a while, maybe two, three years. But I had to have it imported because yeah. there wasn't that's one what I did. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. I would have to import it, and, and then it, it got so frustrating. I was like, "I'm doing this myself." <laughs> this this is absolutely fantastic because then I worked for a while in a shop well. co-owned by my friend, and there I saw your product. I was like, "Oh my god, what is this?" <laughs> they must have been one of the first. They were the first shop, shop I was in. Yeah, because I've been going to that health food store for years. So yeah. I've been going to Eat Well before it was owned by um, by the current owners. Yeah, I would always be chatting with Paul, who works there yes, all the time. Yes. Uh, he's in there all the time. Um, so Paul's been in—I uh, would say involved, but certainly been a kind of um, bystander of our progress over the last um, few years. So, I believe he's a co-owner now. Is he a co-owner? Yes. Yeah, because yes. I—I I, um, I wasn't sure if he was um, just because so he, I he assumed wasn't he was. He was at the time, but he is now. now. Yeah, and he's always on the lookout for new products. Yeah, Paul is great. He's so—he's been so supportive the whole way through. Um, and they're actually eat well is sells the most amount of a modern nature. Um, of any I'm of any health food store in in the UK. Yeah. I'm not surprised at yeah. all. <laughs> That's where I saw it, and I and I thought you know it was kind of 
before the launch and I thought, oh my God, I need to get this girl in. This is just brilliant. And you so kindly agreed to come along and sponsor the launch and, and people really loved your product. Oh, I'm, I'm so pretty sure that a lot of people who came to that launch are now buying your product. Probably. Um, it was, it's great for us to do those kind of events because it does, it gets modern nature, modern nature out in a meaningful way. So that's how you came across modern nature and, and how we met through That's how well. we met. And, and I'm so glad because since then, <laughs> it's not just Stevia now, because I noticed recently launched new product. Yes. And there's another one in waiting. So yeah. was that something you knew you were going to do when you decided to start Modern Ninja and bring Stevia to Northern Ireland? Or is it something that kind of came along? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm trying to think. It seems so long ago that I set up the company. Um, I mean, we. I always wanted to have more products than just our liquid stevia sweetener um i i keep saying stevia because i'm so used to saying stevia i did always know that we wanted we would have more products than just that but what they would be has kind of evolved over time and um it's been very interesting interesting launching different products so at the moment we've got our liquid stevia sweetener which is just pure stevia um there's no it's not flavored it's just um what we'd call you know original i suppose then uh we did launch coffee syrups Last January, we launched coffee syrups, the flavored coffee syrups, um, because coffee syrups are just so, they're so high in sugar. And people that do use coffee coffee syrups use them religiously. So it was an an alternative to the um, really, really high sugar syrups that are available in supermarkets and in coffee shops. And then we're launching another stevia sweetener but it's granulated. So it's a blend of chicory root fiber and stevia leaf extract. And that will be launching very soon. It'll be launching very soon. I think in the next in the next couple of months, we were hoping to get it out in November, but for various reasons, it's probably gonna be more like January or February. Um, so that's coming next. And we do have plans for a number of other products that I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm working on about four ranges right now. <laughs> so I've just, I, I've, um, my mind is, because when it comes to product development, there's a lot of maths involved because obviously I've got to create the recipe and then, and get all the proportions exactly right. And then, you know, I'll work, when I do develop a recipe, I'll do it based on a hundred grams, but then each pack size is different. Yeah. So our syrups are 250 ml, our liquid stevia is 60 ml. Then our, we've got another, we've got Stevia Drops now actually as well, that's 50 ml and then, so it's, I, my mind is slightly frazzled <laughs> from all this maths I have to do. Well, let's um, go back to the coffee series. Yes. So you have three different flavours. Yes. We've got vanilla, hazelnut and caramel. Um, we are in the process of revamping the recipe. I think we can improve the recipe slightly. So we're going to be on next production run. The recipe will be improved. Yes. So we've got three flavors. Are these used in any coffee shops, uh, cafes, restaurants? Not at the moment. <laughs> well, they bloody should be. I know. Well, it's um, where we are. You know, we're very health conscious. So for us, like going sugar free, we're kind of au fait with that and. 
and are kind of aware of the different options and all of that. But for mainstream, it's it's probably, you know, for someone like Costa or Cafe Nero, going completely sugar-free and completely removing their sugar, full sugar coffee syrups is probably too far a leap for them. I think they wouldn't have to, like, even coffee chains like that wouldn't have to go all the way because people are not going to get used to it. But they could incorporate that to give people that option. Because I'd love to go... Do you know what really drives me mental while we're talking about? I don't drink coffee, mm-hmm. but I, what I do love... Um, is um, dandelion coffee, which is essentially oh, roasted dandelion root yeah. into powder. It tastes like coffee, okay. but it has two major benefits. A, it doesn't contain caffeine. B, it is really good for liver. It's bitter. Yeah. I'd love to go to a coffee shop. coffee shop, any coffee shop, with my sister, who's totally addicted to coffee and sugar. <laughs> and I'd love to be able to sit down with her and have a coffee and have my dandelion coffee yeah. with almond milk or whatever other dairy-free milk and let's say a drop of stevia or a sugar-free Well, coffee. you might be able to in the near future. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, so any coffee chains or coffee shops out there, UK, Northern Ireland, please give us a shout, get in touch, look up other nature website, order some coffee syrups or yeah i mean if if there are coffee chains or any you know independent coffee shops that are interested in coffee syrups you know we and that's something that we're we are very much open to we are having discussions with um a distributor at the moment and that might be kind of more of something that happens next year if that goes through so we are we are looking to expand in food service and i think that there's a lot of improvement that could be made in food service without, you know, it, w- it wouldn't be that difficult for them to to offer more options. I think it, it that is the next step for them because... The thing is, you don't compromise on the taste. I mean, from when it comes to stevia alone, like you do not compromise the taste. Like, okay, the texture's different. It doesn't taste exactly like sugar, but when you make something from it the result is i mean especially when it's reduced i mean we did um studies at ulster university way back when 2013 2014 um and what they did is they did a they helped us develop our original recipe and we did a huge amount of blind taste testing one of the tests of the many tests that we did was um the ulster university chefs made up various different traditional recipes and they had, so for example, one of them was Victoria sponge. So they had one Victoria sponge that was 100% sugar, one Victoria sponge that was 70% sugar, and the rest of the sweetness was from modern nature. And then the third one was 50-50. So 50% sugar, 50% sweetness from modern nature. Everyone preferred the 70-30. Absolutely everyone, without knowing what they were what the sugar levels were and when they were told well actually this is 70% you prefer the 70% sugar one um and this one's 50 50 they were like well if I'd known that it was 50% of the sugar I would have been happy to have that so um that's yeah I, I think that was quite interesting and I think in terms of like the Starbucks the Cafe Nero's of the world they could very easily just slash 20 or 30% of the sugar across the board and replace it with, well, in fact, any, you know, any, you go to any supermarket, you could slash quite easily 20 or 30% of the sugar and use stevia and people wouldn't even notice. And some products have done this. Um, Sprite is now 30% reduced sugar. I think, yeah, I think 30% with stevia in it and, and no one's noticed, you know, it's quite funny. So 
I, the, the one thing is stevia is expensive. So that's that's the barrier. And it's about whether um, food brands are prepared to, prepare to invest in, in... I mean, it's a small extra expense a unit, but um, it is, you know, it is an expensive It can be less. quite pricey, but I do have to say one of the benefits that we have now a local company making stevia <laughs> here in Northern Ireland is that it cuts the price. I would say half, but it's actually the cost. Like I used to buy stevia that had cost me £25 yeah. for a little 60ml bottle plus shipping. Yeah. Your stevia doesn't even cost like quarter of that yeah well we're actually looking to we're um introducing another price drop so not another price our first price drop so it will be going down from it's 8.99 at the moment and we're um at the at the moment we're doing a trial where we've got some units up that are 7.99 instead of 8.99 um but we are actually looking for it to go down to 6.99 if uh, for supermarkets that is brilliant and the better another benefit is that you don't need to use very much. Yeah, you much. need to just, it just a, a, really a couple long time. of drops per batch of tray bake or whatever else you're making. Yeah, um, I think, um, I mean, our, our modern age isn't quite as sweet as some of the other brands, um, some of the US brands, and that's because I was so conscious of people over-sweetening and then ruining whatever they're making. But we have we have had feedback, um, so we're probably actually going to increase the sweetness slightly with the next run. Um, I mean, very, very slightly. So it was kind of very sweet. We then reduced the sweetness, and we're probably going to bring it back up to be to be a bit more in line with um, other kind of US brands. But yeah, I mean, a 16-year-old bottle, I know people that it lasts them three or four months, you know, and they're using it regularly. So it you don't need much. And it's you look at it like, oh, that's so small. And you think, oh, it's not going to last. But it, it just it just goes and goes and goes. <laughs> yeah, no, because the last last little, I don't even know how many mils that is, the last little bottle of st- your stevia I bought, I bought it in like May or June. Mm-hmm. I still have it. <laughs> I still have it. And the, like we do make a lot of raw like kind of treats because I we eat a lot of raw breakfasts at home. Yeah. So I make like treats. So my breakfast consists of like three or four different treats and a wee bit of homemade granola. And because my partner eats those tre- those treats too, I tend to put stevia in. But we've had it for like over six months <laughs> now, and it's still going. So there you go. But how do you source your ingredients? Where do you get your stevia from? So we have we we buy from stevia extractors. So there aren't that many companies that extract. There, are, I am constantly being sent stevia extracts all the time, and I'm always testing new ones and making sure that we've got the best one that's going. And um, you know, are there better ones for a better price or um, that are easier to get hold of? Because with when you're buying ingredients in bulk you have to buy certain amounts, so can we buy it in a more economical quantity? But at the moment, we, we just buy from the, the largest stevia extractor. Um, so they they obviously take care of the growing and the harvesting and the extraction process, and then we buy it um, in bulk and use it to make our, our product. So it's, um, it's a pretty straightforward process for us. When it comes to stevia, the taste is all down to which extracts you're using. And unfortunately the better in my opinion from from what i've seen of the stevia market the better tasting extracts are more expensive so i mean i i because we are a premium brand and people are prepared to pay slightly more you know people are prepared to pay at the moment 8.99 for the product so i'm confident that that buying more expensive better quality and better tasting extracts is the right thing for us to do um i think sometimes stevia gets a bit of a bad rep because other brands will be using lower grades that don't taste as good because they're more affordable and so people are like oh well that's a, that tastes bitter or that you know, the, it doesn't taste quite like sugar if you get the right extract 
you can't tell the difference. There are some extracts that are just, that are, the taste is just so on point and it's just such a great substitute for sugar. You you just can't taste the difference. So we, we focus on getting those extracts rather than rather than the lower quality ones. Is there any kind of legislation when it comes to stevia? Oh, lots. <laughs> <laughs> lots. So what are what are the obstacles and what can companies get away with? Because mm. from what I've seen, in, like stevia has been on, on the market actually for quite a while in a really not that good quality and great form because, and my mom made that mistake that First, when she was diagnosed with um, being borderline diabetic, that was the first thing she bought. She went to the supermarket and bought processed sweetener that was called stevia, but was actually, I don't know whether it was 50 or 60%, actually artificial sweetener. Do you know, uh, the, the, there is very, there is tight regulation around stevia and what you can use it in and in how much, and, and in the quantities. and. Um, over time, the uh, regulations are becoming more and more relaxed as stevia is becoming more widely used. And um, you know, every year there are more and more studies showing that actually stevia improves diabetes and it doesn't increase weight and it um, doesn't increase uh, your appetite or anything like that. So um, the regulation is relaxing, but you do you can only use um, depending on the food category. Um, you're given guidelines on what on how much to how much the, the maximum l- limit is in terms of then what you can and can't say on packaging I mean it, it really annoys me too what companies get a, what other companies <laughs> get away with um, in the EU their regulation is quite tight so for example if you use any sweetener it has to be clear on the front of pack that it is um, sweetened and stevia included, whether you're using artificial sweetener or natural sweeteners like stevia, you do have to say on the front, you know, sweetened with X. Um, and actually, there are different phrases that brands use on the front of pack to indicate that it is um, artificially sweetened. And some of them, I think, are very, very confusing. But our products contain stevia, so we want to promote that. So we do put it on front of pack anyway, whether or not it is it is required. In terms of kind of other claims, do you know what? Over time, as I've developed more and more products and I seek more and more advice from different sources about what is right and wrong and in terms of labeling, no one knows. No one knows because it is so confusing. Very few people actually have the full knowledge of what is and isn't allowed. So I went to see um, our environmental health officers uh, just down the road in Newton Abbey, uh, Newton Ard, sorry, and um, I had a meeting with them. I was like, right, you know, what can and can't we say? And we would bring it on new granulated, we bring it on new granulated sweetness. So I gave them the pack and said, right, you know, on this, is this all legit? You know, is this something that we need to, is anything that we need to be aware of? They couldn't tell me. <laughs> so they've sent it off to a specialist, but I, I mean, I've never had back. So, Whoa. yeah, so you're like, well, flip, you know, there are, there are companies that you can go to, but again, even if you're paying a so-called expert, very conflicting advice out there. I've had completely conflicting advice. So our strategy, and we've got great graphic designers, our strategy when it comes to brand messaging is facts. We deal in facts. And we've actually um, rejigged a lot of our messaging because I was like, do you know what? That's just, what does that mean? You know, we, we were, for example, using a message totally sweet. I'm like, well, what does that mean? It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't have any meaning. And so we've 
no, we're no longer using that message and we now just have a handful of, not even have, I think we've got three messages that we use on our packs that are that are factual. And with our new granulated stevia, it's quite tricky because we don't use the same ingredients as other sweeteners. We don't fall into their nutritional categories. So for example, a traditional sweetener will use maltodextrin as the main base and then a sweetener, whether it be a stevia or an artificial sweetener. And so that is the standard recipe that sweetener brands use for granulated sweetener. And so because of that, then um, every teaspoon is four calories. And so that's become the kind of marker for a sweetener, that a sweetener is um, a low calorie sweetener has to be under four calories per teaspoon. Because our recipe doesn't use maltodextrin, we use chicory root fiber and it's slightly heavier than maltodextrin. It's five calories per teaspoon. And so we'll flip, are we no longer in low calorie sweetener? And we, so I was like, right, well, we're a reduced calorie sweetener. And then I went along with like, well, can we say reduced calorie? And they were like, oh, I don't know, because reduced in comparison to what? Reduced in comparison to a sweetener or reduced in comparison to a sugar? And so we're reduced in comparison to a sugar, but we're one calorie more than a typical sweetener. I'm going to flip. <laughs> you know? so, we, so we've just like, do you know what? Does this messaging even work? Are people even... I think people are much more concerned about facts than about namby-pamby messaging. And so we're in the process of kind of rejigging the, the pack just to, to only deal in facts. So we literally put on the front of pack what would be on the back of pack. So we have the main the main nutritional information on the front of pack instead of... That was actually something I wanted to ask you, the difference between the liquid stevia and the granulated ones. Yeah. So you just sort of answered that. So, because your liquid stevia is zero calories. Yeah, it's, yes, it's, uh, per, per serving, it's very, very low calories, yeah. negligible calories, basically, um, because we just use stevia, and stevia is so sweet that you need such a tiny amount of it, and then it's in water and... and water's water um and then with our granulated um stevia it's chicory root fiber it is the main ingredient and then the stevia gives it the sweetness so the, the chicory root fiber gives it the granules that typical sugar has and then the stevia is the the sweetening component see so with your products uh-huh. be it just the plain liquid stevia or your coffee syrups because stevia is diabetic friendly yes do you have to send it anywhere do you have to have it tested to make sure that it's diabetic friendly or do you have to somehow get the rest the initial recipe tested before you go into production well it it depends what claims you're going to make i think if you were to state you know on we we don't state on on pack that um that it's that it is a diabetic product you know so say if you were like say if you were creating a diabetic product that was more more of a kind of medical food then you would i would imagine you would need to go through a process for that But with our product, um, we're buying accredited extracts that have been approved for use, all these different categories. And so that process has already been done. And we, with every single, whenever we do production, you know, we get spec sheets and batch sheets and we keep all of that and every unit is coded. And so, you know, with every, if, if you showed me a unit, I could trace the stevia, you know, I could, well, that's that, that's that batch. We use that. I have that spec and batch sheet and I know where that's come from and um so no we don't because and this is this is why so much so much research was done and is still ongoing with stevia so that 
companies can buy stevia with with confidence and put it in their and use it in their food that it is safe because so much research has been done you know every single extract that's available has to be approved so say if you know our our stevia suppliers were to launch a new extract they would have to get that approved um, by the fda and by and for, uh, for use in in europe before they can even sell it to anyone so that is already done for us before we have before we buy the extract and what i would say just because i think people i think it is thought that stevia is stevia is stevia and that's not true so within a stevia leaf you have these the sweet part of the stevia leaf is called steviol glycosides and you'll see that on a if you if you look at our product and you turn it over it says um sweetener colon uh, steviol glycosides bracket stevia leaf extracts. So steviol glycosides is the um, scientific name, and there are over sixty different. The last I checked, there are over sixty different um, extracts, and all have a slightly different taste profile. So that's when I when I say well, different extracts have uh, different quality of extracts have different uh, taste profiles. That's that's what I mean. It's not just one type of extract. There's there's so many different types. I suppose it's like with anything. If you grow tomatoes, yeah, like tomatoes in the south of France are gonna taste different, way way different to a tomato that will grow up the road from here. Yeah, and the same with vanilla. And, you know, yeah. I I think of stevia quite like vanilla because. Um, People are like, well, how is it sweet if it doesn't have any sugar? It's like, how is vanilla sweet when it doesn't doesn't have sugar? You know, there are and tomatoes as well. You know, there are there are more examples than just stevia where yeah. there is sweetness. It's pretty much with any organic food, any anything that grows vegetables, fruits, grains. It depends on where it grows, what kind of conditions yeah. it grows, sunny, rain, what kind of season has hit it. All these different things have an impact on how the end product is going to taste. Yeah. So stevia is definitely no different. No, it's no different at all. So yes, um, not all stevia is created extracts are created equal. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. You should use that. Well, <laughs> um, tell me this: Why did you decide to go with granulated? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Do you know what I've learned? Like <laughs> I'm a total pro. It's just sound like a little... Well, I think um, all of the granulated stevias available, they're all either erythritol-based or maltodextrin-based. Yeah. There's none of them that are... And what I would say with chicken root fibre, as the name says, it is very, very high in fibre. So it is a product that is designed for you know, for um, use you know, by replacing some sugar or sprinkling and things like that. So that's, that's how I use it. Um, I like giving people a different option. You know, I think people deserve to have choice. And at the moment, I'm like, well, there's not that much choice in the granulated arena. It's just erythritol-based or, or multi-production-based, as I said. So it, it was to give people another choice. And some people don't really get the liquid format, you know, because it is very different. Now there are a few um, liquid sweeteners, I think Splendor has one, but again, it's only available in a handful of places. There aren't that many places that stock even artificial liquid sweeteners. And I, I, I'm really pro just getting products out there and seeing how people respond, um, because you just don't know. You don't know. Like with our liquid stevia sweetener, when I talked about it, you know, back in 2013, I said, like, well, this is, I'm going to create a liquid stevia brand and it's going to be really popular and everyone's going to love it. People looked at me like I was mad. They looked at me <laughs> like I was mad. And, um, but we're on Acada and we're on Amazon and it sells really well. 
you know, even at a high price point at $8.99, it sells really well. And I was actually just talking with um, uh, one of the uh, guys from, um, we're, our main customer is Ocado.com. Um, we're part of a um, new uh, young brands, new food brands. And that's um, us in Ocado is partly managed by a um, special organization called the Grocery Accelerator. Anyhow, I was speaking with someone from Ocado and they were really surprised at our sales on Ocado. They were like, Flip, I didn't realise how much you sold. And then on the flip side, our coffee syrups, I launched those to be more mainstream and they're not as popular as our liquid stevia, despite being a more mainstream category. And do you know why that is? I think it's because people mainly use them when they go to coffee shops. Yes. Rather than at home, you need to get them into coffee shops. Honestly, I encourage if there's any coffee shop owners, cafe, restaurants, you know, guys, get in touch because this is absolutely amazing product. It is a game changer. If you have diabetic customers who can't have coffee syrup in your coffee, this is your chance. <laughs> get in there. But I mean, the thing is, coffee syrups are available in every single supermarket mm. every supermarket has them whereas no supermarkets have liquid stevia at the moment and um, just from research that I did I was so sure that our syrups would be more popular than our liquid stevia ha having now kind of gotten various different products to market I'm now of the opinion that the best thing to do is to get something to market and see how it sells and you, you sell it in a controlled environment somewhere like Amazon or Ricardo mm. where we have, a, we have a lot of control over it. You can start off at a high price and see how people respond and then test different price points quite easily. That is the only way to know if a product will be successful. I really hate to interrupt such an awesome chat but we had a really good time with Bessie and ended up talking for quite a bit. So once again I'm splitting this episode in two but this time I'm making both parts available at the same time but only because it's nearly Christmas. So as you're listening to this one the second part is already available for you on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And talking of Christmas, just a reminder that you still have a few days left to enter our Christmas competition. I have no entries as yet, so if I were you, I would jump at it because your chances to win are pretty high. What do you need to do if you listened to a podcast that you like? Well, maybe this one. And you'd like to win a signed copy of the Sweet Spot Cookbook? Submit a review of the podcast on either SoundCloud or iTunes and email a snapshot of your review or a link to it to thesweetspud at gmail.com with the subject line Christmas Competition. If you already have the Sweet Spot cookbook and would like to win an apron with the Sweet Spot logo to go with it, submit a review of the book to either amazon.co.uk or iBooks depending on whether you have a digital or paperback copy. And then email a snapshot of the review or a link to it to thesweetspot at gmail.com with the subject line Christmas competition. You can submit both entries for cookbook and the apron if you like, but remember to send separate emails with the link or a snapshot of your reviews. Reviews submitted earlier this year do not count and the competition closes on the 20th of December midnight. Winners will be announced on our Christmas podcast on Monday the 24th of December, which is next week. 
And yes, you're going to get some extra episodes before this year is over. The Christmas special will be out on 24th. And as I mentioned, the second part of my interview with Bessie Rollins is already out. In the second half, we talk a lot about food. Bessie gives out some tips on how to run a business and stay healthy. And we also touch on some of the interesting aspects of creating a business like branding or packaging. And that's it for now. So go catch that second part. Otherwise, have a wonderful week. Order some stevia and stay healthy. Until next time. Bye. As every week, your host is myself, Susanna from The Sweet Spot. Music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening. Thank you.